millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This episode of the Cult Popsha podcast was brought to you by our Patreon. If you want to tell us which films we should watch, get up to two extra exclusive podcasts a month, give us something to talk about in the post-credit scenes at the end of each episode, or even contribute to the discussion in the episode itself, then please consider joining the cult and donating at www.patreon.com slash <laughs> everybody to the Hello. wild wild west <laughs> it's good to see you all again i made that joke last week too welcome to the cult popship podcast where you're joined by your hosts aj myself richard himself mm-hmm. and jeremy himself Oh, is Jeremy I am frozen not in- or is he standing? No, he is frozen. <laughs> I'm I'm not enjoying Hilarious. Microsoft PowerPoint, and now is not the time to ask me. Thank you very much. <laughs> Hasn't this ha- didn't this happen last time? You got asked about Outlook. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It's like it's like every time I go to record a podcast, it's like they're like, "Ooh, we could get mentioned on a on a world famous podcast." <laughs> 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 <up> a notification. <laughs> Uh, so this is part two of um, our sort of year in you know anticipation um, mm. you know, running down all the films that are coming out in 2022 or a select list of the films coming out in 2022. Richard, we talk Richard, about our most sorry, just to correct you there. No, it's, it's called The Dumbest. This is, it's The Dumbest. The Dumbest I think, Thank you, Jeremy. I think it's clear that I was building to that. <laughs> I, I just I feel like you should just say the name rather than just saying what should be the name. Um, say the well, dumb, so that say was the the, the the um the sort of juxtaposition between the two was what I was going for there. Okay, um, I was going right. to hilariously reveal at the right. end that like that's why this episode is called the dumbest looking films of 2022 part two. A lot Start of twos. podcast again. Mm. <laughs> we're, too, we're, too many twos we're not we're, <laughs> too many twos we're not we're not gelling like we normally are no it's fine so where we last left off we just finished uh the films of may so if you want to see january to may uh check out our last podcast on this uh, but there's actually one more film which was revealed to be coming out in may this week and aj you specifically wanted to talk about this and that is yeah. chip and dale rescue rangers so this is sort of a reboot of the ip of chip and dale the two chipmunks uh, owned by disney and they're voiced by john mulaney and adam sandberg uh, and eddie sandberg <laughs> i was gonna and- say isn't it Andy? But I feel like I would get that wrong all the time, and mm. then I'd correct you, and you'd be like, "No, no, it's it's Adam Sandberg." Chip <laughs> Rescue Rangers, Chip 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 I was hoping you'd do this. They're going very the uh, very meta with it, and so it's it's mm. all about, uh, you know, it was. The, it's Chip and Dale, the actors who, uh, you know, 30 years ago had a successful, successful television show. And now one of them's had CGI surgery. So it's a, you know, it's a live action animated hybrid, but one of the characters is like CG and one of them is 2D animated. And um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think this looks great. I'm excited for this. 
Yeah, I think that. Um, did you see the trailer for this, Jeremy? No. Right. So it's 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 essentially unabashedly who framed Roger Rabbit style, <laughs> like to the point where who framed like Roger Rabbit's in the trailer because they live in the cartoon human live action world. Oh right, cartoons yeah, yeah. from from all over, um, and. I, I, I'm of two minds about it. I think the idea of doing this as a concept for a movie um, is great. I think the idea of cartoons being able to get CGI surgery is hilarious mm. and such a great, great like kickoff point for this movie. Um, what, what I think I'm combating that with is um, part of me wishes it wasn't Chip and Dale. Part of me wishes it was like an analog for Chip and Dale and they were original Dale and Chip. That had a had a Saturday morning cartoon in the nineties. I didn't realize because, you were so close to the IP of Chippendale. No, it's not that I'm not, but it's it's more that I I think that um, while ten years ago, if this had come out ten years ago, I would have been like, "Oh, cool! It's it's the Who Framed Roger Rabbit esque follow up that I've been looking for for years." But be, but after Ready Player One and Space Jam Two Great and movies. this and that, yeah. Right, exactly. Um, I'm not sure how tolerant I am of what I'm calling the um, IP flex movie mm. now, which is where you throw all the properties you own into one movie um, and act like that's something to celebrate and not a terrifying the, the, this one sign of does dystopia. appear to be more self-aware about that. Agreed. Um, whereas, like, you know, Rear Player One and Space Jam two specifically are like look how cool warner brothers is whereas this looks a little bit more like look how uh the corporate disney has become i hope so and i'm 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 with being directed by kiva schaefer from the lonely island and it's like Mm. the lonely island presents um yeah yeah hmm. cautiously optimistic what's really interesting is that like it feels to me uh, the the casting of Andy Samberg and John Mulaney, it's almost like it it feels like a sort of second rung Ryan Reynolds movie, you know, like this whole vibe sure. is very much what Ryan Reynolds would do with well, this it's kind free of guy. Well, but it's some um, Detective Pikachu, right? Like mm, it's right. it's that kind of take on a cartoon IP spinoff. You you can't just do a straight cartoon you know let's do a new version of chip and dale you do like a let's do a version of chip and dale that's a massive wink to the adult audience and really is more for adults than it is for kids i kind of prefer that to just a mm. chip and dale reboot though yeah so that's coming straight to disney plus at the end of um May. it's a very appropriate so place for uh it. next we're going to skip back to march um whoa jeremy you you Nostalgic. were you were furious to see that the lost city wasn't on our list, we lost it. We I've it marked was, it as one of your most anticipated. Yeah, I think it. Mark it as mine. It looks funny. We we all. <laughs> this, this is the crazy thing. We all talked about it before we recorded the first podcast, and then it was. And then afterwards, I was like, "Hey, we didn't talk about that <laughs> on the pod, at least." Um, mm. This this movie, to be fair, I I think. Oh, so a short description. Basically, it's Sandra Bullock is a romance writer. Channing Tatum plays the cover model for her like romance books, um, and she writes uh, a, her latest novel is called The Lost City, something like that. Finding Lost City, The Lost City um, of D, which is the name of the book. It's based. Oh on. yes, because on the play on Lost City of Z, 
and then D, yeah, Dick. Anyway, mm. <clears throat> Dick, um, exactly. So you got it. <laughs> she's on. <laughs> thanks, man. Uh, she goes on the promo tour for the book, but ends up sort of actually falling into the real life adventure of the Lost City and end up like on on the trail of an adventure with Channing Tatum, who proves to be utterly useless. And it is hilarious. Daniel Radcliffe is the antagonist and Brad Pitt turns up as like the real deal Indiana Jones guy. And it just, it's, it's a really, it's a C grade concept that has a massive A-list cast. And I think they're elevating it. And I think it makes Mm. it something I'm actually looking forward to seeing. It's like a hyper version of romancing the stone. Yeah. Like, if, if Romancing the Stone characters were a little more silly. And, yeah, I mean, an original film with fun actors, I think it could it could be really cool. It could be really good. Could also just absolutely suck eggs. Who knows? We'll see <laughs> when it comes out, I think. As a, as a producer, Sandra Bullock is actually pretty good. She really doesn't okay. preside over crap. And so... I, I would be surprised if this is crap. Here's a list of the films she has produced. Gunshot, <laughs> Miss Congeniality, Two Weeks Notice, Miss Congeniality 2, Armed and Fabulous, All About Steve, The Unforgivable, and The Lost City. Didn't she win a Razzie for All About Steve? Mm. I don't even know what that movie was. Yeah, one, two Razzies. <laughs> that was the year she won Best Actress and Best and Worst Actress at the Razzies. Mm. That's awesome. And it was a big deal. I mean, that happens team. quite regularly. It happened to Halle Berry. It happened to Charlize Theron. Did it happen on the same year? Yeah, yeah. I don't ha- care so enough about the Razzies. I don't Halle- want to talk Halle Berry, about the Halle Berry won for Monsters Ball and then won the Razzie for Catwoman. Uh, Charlize Theron won for uh, whatever she won. She won the Monster. Oscar. Mo- yeah, Monster, Monster and Monsters Ball. Uh, and then she won, I think she won Razzie for Eon Flux as well. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so another film we've sort of actually just gotten our first look at, uh, we're now leapfrogging back to June, uh, Jurassic World Dominion. Uh, mm. And AJ and I cautiously haven't put this as our most anticip- uh, one of our most anticipated, but Jeremy, you have. Did you watch the trailer? I did watch the what trailer. What did you think of it? I thought it was a long trailer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a lot, a lot of, um, a lot of B story in this trailer. Yeah, I was just like, it's it's really interesting. I think I'm just anticipating it because I just I want to see how they attempt to do what they're trying to do, basically bringing two full casts of people from different mm. movies and trying to make them all the lead actors in the last film. <laughs> it's just like, wait, hold on, you've got Sam Neill, Jeff Goldblum, and um, uh, Laura mm. Dern, and then you've got the like the full cast with um, uh, what's his face, Chris Pratt, Chris Pratt, um, from the, <laughs> and you're trying Howard. to mash mash them all together and it's like how's this gonna work and also there's just too many dinosaurs they're just everywhere (laughs) that's what i should call it jurassic park too many dinosaurs (laughs) it it reminds me of how when um rise of skywalker came out how Mm. for some reason a big part of the marketing push was like it's not just the end to the sequel trilogy but the end to the entire skywalker saga and acting like everyone needed it to be that you know even though just end end one trilogy i don't need this to be the culmination of nine films i actually never asked for it to be and in the same way by including the dress park cast this feels like it's not only the co- the yeah. conclusion to the jurassic park cast but the culmination of the entire jurassic saga and that that um that troubles me however i'm not made of stone 
and seeing Sam Neill as Alan Grant oh, yeah. back on mm. screen oh, yeah. was like, hell yeah, like, yes. cool. And, it is funny. And, like, it does actually, the, the trailer express explicitly um, says, witness the epic conclusion to the Jurassic mm. Saga. So, mm. yeah. It's not like, they're not hinting yeah. at it. They tell you that's what it's going to be. Because <laughs> it went so well last time. There's that moment where, like, the three originals with Jeff Goldblum and Laura Dern and Sam Neill mm. are all in the... And it's fully like a, Chewie, we're home. Yeah, well, yeah. Moment, like, there's the moment where she's like, Alan Grant, and he's like, Ellie Sattler. And it's like, mm. y- you can just say Alan and Ellie. Like, I didn't need their full names. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, it's like the problem with bringing back these real actors uh, into this movie and these real beloved actors from the best movie that was the first one but still has not been beaten is that you it's basically- just the best movie. You, well, you just bring the, the dignity and, and excellence of all those three and then you, you, you invite a comparison with everything that, and you're like, yeah, mm, yeah. no, 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 no. <laughs> Because because as cool as, as I do think the trailer looks cool. I don't think it necessarily looks good, mm. but I think it looks cool. But as cool as that, as that is, do you guys get the feeling when like the original was this relatively in, in comparison to the last one, like very grounded, very character focused, and you kind of got the, the impression this will be the most incredible thing that will ever happen to these people right and then you have like all the stops pulled out for the the sixth film in the saga and you put i had this feeling when watching no time to die as good as no time to die was i was kind of like kind of saddened by <laughs> how does james bond Casino keep Royale. getting into these situations <laughs> <laughs> well just remembering casino royale and how grounded that is and now we're dealing with something a lot more ridiculous in, in the in his final film mm. um i think that what is interesting about Jurassic World Dominion or what looks interesting about it is this is it took them wasting two movies to get to this concept which they clearly wanted to do by at least the second one because they called it Jurassic World (laughs) because they called it Jurassic World and obviously a interesting way to adapt the idea is to go what if dinosaurs broke out into the real world and I think I wouldn't be surprised if when this the the Jurassic World saga was being pitched I wouldn't be surprised if the original idea was Dominion and then someone was like no no what we need to do is reintroduce everyone to Jurassic Park again so let's do a base a requel a a basic remake of the first film and then for whatever reason they couldn't do Jurassic World Dominion for the second film I genuinely think that this they've been just holding on and wasting millions and millions of dollars so that they can make this film but also making making yeah, billions yeah. of dollars yeah. <laughs> Jurassic tr- World was like that's the, the second right. highest grossing film of all time for a moment yeah, yeah that's that's true. True. um What's really interesting, though, is that they've basically just gone full Planet of the Apes with this, right? It's just like, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be surprised if at the end of this film, the solution is for them to find the original Jurassic World and a Jurassic Park and like close all the humans left inside of it and keep all the dinosaurs out of the park. That's very um, Asimovian, Jeremy. That, that's, a, that's a very dark ending and I think would be really cool, but I, I, I don't think- I think you're think being it, a bit too Asimovian, Jeremy. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't think that this will have that kind of ending. I think this will have a happy ending somehow. But how do you have a happy feels... ending? Unless I, I like agree. A... I agree. It's illogical, but it's a Hollywood Unless there's like so... a chip built into every like dinosaur's head that they're yeah. like, oh, we just need to turn this dial and then all the chips will explode and kill all the dinosaurs. See, that's it's you're stupid, thinking of Suicide but... Squad. That's very Aryan. <laughs> that's already a word (laughs) I was trying to be like David Ayer (laughs) very Aryan oh my god so uh, there's actually four movies in a row here that we've just gotten the trailer for since we last recorded Uh, because you got Jurassic World Dominion Lightyear we got a new trailer for that Um, AJ you've marked that as most anticipated yeah, so this is the, 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 and listen closely, everybody, because we need to get this message out there. It is the, the movie that inspired the toy that it is in Toy Story. So presumably Andy from Toy Story went saw to Lightyear, Lightyear yeah. went to go see Lightyear, and the Buzz Lightyear doll is a merchandise for this film, yeah. which is confusing well not confusing it's just a, a lot of canon to try and get out there i think um when they're obviously not going to make time for it in the movie itself because mm. you know um so yeah we got uh, sort of a I, longer trailer some more cast mm. were announced uh kiki palmer taika waititi uzo aduba mm. james brolin um efron ramirez osaya whitlock jr uh they've mm-hmm. said zerg is going to appear in the film i'm assuming that'll be james brolin's character because he's on the Wikipedia page, he's the only one that doesn't have a character next to it. Mm. Um, and mm. I feel like, you know, it'd be a Pixar thing to be like, make Thanos' dad Zerg. Is that, is that who James Brolin is? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I I think this is a very interesting idea. And as I said, with Turning Red, I'm down for Pixar, whatever it may be. I think this is very strange. And um, it, it, it kind of has... Uh, this is the kind of idea a company comes up with when they're at the bottom of the barrel, yes. <laughs> I think, which is, well, was, which is concerning. Yeah, but so when this was know. first announced, it was that Disney Plus like investors meeting they did where it yeah, was like yeah. they announced like a bunch of shit. And they they announced Turning Red, that they're win or lose, they've got an original mm. series coming up. And that might have been featured Luca as well. And then they said like this last one, really excited to show you. And I was kind of like they can't there's no they don't really have any ips that they have remaining to do a sequel to mm. um like they're not going to do finding marlin or um <laughs> not yet anyway god you got to wait 20 years so they yeah. have to find a new child voice actor to play nemo and it's like yeah maybe you could do incredibles 3 or like but it did feel like yeah they're not going to there's nothing else they can announce that i'm going to and then they're like we're making light year and it was like what yeah it's it's such an interesting way to continue the franchise and they already did it yeah <laughs> they they already in in the after toy story 2 or as a tie-in to toy story 2 they made an animated buzz lightyear of star command show which was supposed to be this exact thing it was supposed to be this is the cartoon that the toy is merchandise for um and there was a brief time richard where i thought we'd both agreed that we were going to do the pilot of this Buzz Lightyear of Star Command as an episode of film franchise follow-ups on Patreon. I watched the whole thing, thought it was pretty good, and then you were like, nah, I'm not watching it. Mm. <laughs> which which sounds very funny and like I'm being a dick, but it's happened multiple times the other way around. So, <laughs> yeah, I've read half, half the Back to the Future comics, which took mm. significantly longer than Buzz Lightyear. It did take significantly longer, which is why I told you I can't do this. Yeah, midway through after we'd, uh, we'd both agreed to it. Anyhow, Jeremy. 
Jeremy, what do you think? <laughs> Who's in the wrong here? <laughs> oh my god. Okay, I'm just not going to say it. <laughs> no, oh, say it. Um, I just feel like this is the last squeeze of the IP sponge. Like it's you know, oh, Toy Story. Yeah, it's just and and like I'm not. I I I think that Buzz Lightyear is probably the least interesting character to be on his own without the rest sure. of the Toy Story gang around him. Um, mm. I'm not actually interested in an origin story or any kind like it just it just didn't look that much fun like watching the trailer i was just like mm, that's the if, weird if, thing it doesn't look like a comedy like if, if they just released this as a pixar movie and there had never been a toy story and then we didn't know buzz lightyear as a character and it was a new pixar like would any of us think oh this looks good i reckon like, i wouldn't see it yeah <laughs> i reckon it would it would go under my radar almost yeah. Or be like something akin to something like Ron's Gone Wrong, a movie from last year that I was like, I have no idea what this is and didn't see. Mm. Um, all I will say, though, is I think Chris Evans does a pretty good voice emulation of like, like if that's what the actor sounded like, Tim Allen's Buzz Lightyear makes it like it's 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 essentially chris evans doing halfway between his own voice and tim allen's voice mm. i think good good that's a good decision to make I think. also in uh june we have nope <laughs> uh so this yeah. is jordan peele's new film again we just got the trailer for it um it's about members of an isolated town who witness a mysterious and abnormal event the trailer features wind blowing towards the sky and the sort of imagery of the film is what looks like a UFO made of clouds with a banner sort of dangling, some bunting. Looks like a from kite. It. Yeah. Like a kite um, tail. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it stars Daniel Kaluuya, Kiki Palmer, and Stephen Yun, who wears a cowboy hat, which looks very fun. <laughs> Jesse Plemons turned down a role in this, um, oh, in fact, to, to star in Killers of the Flower Moon instead. And... Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, it looks good. Uh, uh, like in sort of Jordan Peele fashion, we don't know a lot about it. I'm hoping it's more Get Out than Us. Uh, yes. One interesting thing, though, is that I just noticed the cast. It also stars Terry Notary, who um, only really does like motion capture performance. He's um, Carl Obsidian in uh, the Infinity War and Endgame. He was um, King Kong in Kong Skull Island. He's in the the Planet of the Apes. Uh, movies and so he kind of just does these sort of roles so it's presumably we're, we're gonna see some kind of alien or otherworldly yeah. um being Ooh. played in mocap because by terry nice catch. after watching after watching the trailer i'm very like no idea mm. like i think i saw a cloud with a kite tail but is that the monster is that what i'm yeah. supposed to well, be it's, seeing? Yeah, it's on the poster as well but yeah, the, um, yeah exactly also but... the uh nope potentially does that stand for not of planet earth mm. oh my god i no, mean i'd be impressed don't. richard but i also think that you've just been reading like a reddit thread on <laughs> theories <laughs> uh well the terry notary thing was my own observation um that, that, that see that's what i'm impressed by that's really good the um the not of planet earth thing that was the top comment on the trailer um yeah, <laughs> yeah i mean i i think yeah, please trailer, send your um fan mail for me to me for noticing the terry notary thing yeah thank you <laughs> um i yeah the watching the trailer i was just like yeah jordan peele is just such a master of creating a mood like visually like just doing doing new stuff like he doesn't ever rely on existing kind of like 
tropes or existing visual motifs he creates his own like the 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 golden the golden scissors for us was amazing like you know it's just stuff that like you know the boiler suits and the golden scissors like what what is that and what does it relate to we don't know and it is really interesting like whereas most most filmmakers kind of borrow from the visual library of like pop culture and 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 film culture but like even having a whole landscape that's just covered with those like car yard blown up men and then having yeah. them all kind of go like i've i've never seen anything like that like i don't know what he's doing there and it's super exciting mm. and the fact that he's the kind of filmmaker that can create those sorts of images that give you no clue as to what's happening but get you excited it's it's pretty cool now the problem yeah, yeah. with the problem is that he did that with us and i got really excited and then the actual like the actual film yeah, I was the movie like, came out. Oh, okay, so you didn't actually properly explain what any of those things were really about. So well, no, so the problem with I us thought he over is that he over explained it. Yeah. <laughs> well, but I think I, I think, think us could have been a bit more subtle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but I think I think that it was over explained, but what it was didn't end up being satisfying. Well, I th- that my my thing with us is that he he is asked fifty questions in the film. And then answered 25 of them. And then, so that makes you go, well, what about the other 25? I would have preferred he answered zero because it's like, I've got 50 questions, you know, <laughs> that, that, but because he started explaining them and it was like, and, and gave these long winded explanations, it made, it made you pick holes in the logic because he tried yeah. to make the logic airtight. It's like a yeah. quiet place. How, like, as soon as you go home, you start thinking about the logistics of yeah. what is probably supposed to be more of a parable than a literal story. Yeah, but the problem the problem with us is that you started thinking about that while you were sitting in the movie because it wasn't sure. like whereas a quiet yeah. place was successful at getting you emotionally engaged, whereas I think mm-hmm. us was trying to be a bit too cerebral. Yeah, yeah, and Get Out was Get Out had that emotional draw and the emotional connection that totally worked. Yeah, I do still quite like us. Um, Get Out is obviously better, but my my main question here is what um social issue will be at the core of Nope? Because uh, Get Out was of course sort of casual racism, and uh, us was classism. It's like taking a social issue and turning that into a horror. I wonder what Nope will be. Mm, I don't it. know why you have to make everything political. That's true. You're right. Jordan Peele, famously an apolitical filmmaker. <laughs> so also in June, we kind of got our first proper look at this this week. Uh, Elvis, Baz Luhrmann's new film with um, Austin Butler, is it? Um, uh-huh. As um, as Elvis and Tom Hanks as Colonel Tom Parker. Uh, yeah, uh-huh. I mean, you guys excited for this? I watched the trailer. I don't know if I'll see the film. It depends how good the reviews are. Mm. I don't know. It's been a while it since didn't blow me away. Baz Luhrmann's made anything. Um, mm. It's, so, it's yeah. been even longer since Baz Luhrmann's made anything watchable. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> no, but really, like, I mean, Baz, Baz Luhrmann is, he, it's really interesting when a director does, like, the, like you know, argue, not even arguably, just definitely their best work Australia. in their first, like, two or three films. And then everyone gets excited about them having even bigger budgets and kind of even more pull to tell the mm. stories they want to tell. <coughs> Peter Jackson. Um, and Possibly and Jordan Peele as well. Throw a, throw a dart at a dartboard, Jeremy, and at yeah. any director. Honestly. Not it's just, just Peter Jackson. You know, you, you, you keep waiting for Baz Luhrmann to kind of match the sort of energy and genius that he had with like uh, Romeo and Juliet and Moulin Rouge. And 
Australia, the get, Great Gatsby. He just his storytelling is so bloated now, and it's so Has full of anything? like visual artifice. It's just like hmm. anyway. I, Has he done anything between Great Gatsby nah, and Elvis? Last film. No, no, oh, wow, that was ages ago. God, that was so long ago. <laughs> yeah, that I feel was- like that came out thirty years ago. <laughs> well, I, th- I actually legitimately think Jeremy and I saw Great Gatsby together while he was still living in Christchurch, which means that was a long time ago. Is my point? It was two. I thought Great Gatsby was two thousand eighteen, but no, 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 no definitely really. Not. Wow, he really... Oh, yeah, anyway. Because Moulin Rouge went to Broadway as well. I don't know how much of a hand he had in that, though. Mm. Anyway. 2013. 2013. The Great Gatsby came out in. Mm. That's nine years ago. (laughs) Nine long years. So, also in June, we've got The Black Phone, new film from Scott Derrickson uh, starring Ethan Mm. Hawke. Uh, apparently, uh, I didn't watch the trailer, but all the comments on the trailer were like, "Don't watch this; it gives the entire film away." Um, oh, interesting. And but apparently, but also apparently, it looks very scary. So, um, is it a horror? Yeah, I, I, th- yeah. I think it's a turn the film off after a, turn the trailer off after a minute kind of film. But I, I haven't seen it. But I, I, as far as I can tell, it's uh, Ethan Hawke plays this guy wearing a creepy mask called the Grabber, and I think he like kidnaps children. Gonna grab ya. Yep. It's the role Ethan Hawke was was born to play. Mm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this was sort of instead of because um, obviously Scott Derrickson walked from Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness due to creative differences, and then uh, did the Black Phone instead. Hmm. So also that's all of June. Moving on to July, we've got Minions: The Rise of Guru, a film I'm constantly, constantly surprised hasn't already come out. <laughs> It's staggering that this hasn't released yet. Yeah, this this movie's been in production for thirty years. <laughs> no, I mean this this is another one of those ones that like has been pushed back and pushed back and pushed back because of COVID. But like, it's more intense because we never got any like pre-release media mm. for it. Yeah, well, and also like the. Of all the films that you're like, no, we have to preserve the theatrical experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. That's the thing, eh? I mean, but as, as I've mentioned before, my favorite fact about Despicable Me is that it is bafflingly the highest grossing animated franchise of all time. So when you look at it through that lens, then maybe it does make sense to save Minions, The Rise of Gru. To- it <laughs> absolutely does make sense because parents will take their children to the theaters to see a movie because it is an opportunity to have mm. their children doing something that the parents don't actually have to be directly involved in for about two hours. And that is sweet relief. So <laughs> You sound like, very experienced. Oh, man. I, like, honestly, we, we took Ivy and Ezra to this like play, this little indoor playland called Magic Loft in, um, in West Auckland. By the way, if you have children, Magic Loft, great place to go. Uh, we paid I'm in a Magic money. Loft right now. We paid like $22 for all of us to get in and Ivy ended up getting a cold, which she then passed on to me and I was off work for like three days, but still totally worth it. Three hours of Ivy like playing happily without me having to like listen to her being like, daddy watch, daddy watch. Oh, daddy, daddy, I need you. And like being all up in my grill for three hours. Amazing. So, you know, if you're going to delay the theatrical release of any movie, like don't just chuck a kid's movie up on a TV screen because kids mm. will not, you won't actually be able to squeeze the benefit out of that. Put it in the theaters, 
get a kid into a dark theater for two hours and make them shut up. And just and just leave. <laughs> just leave money, um, you'll be fine. And and just and harvest all the money. Because what other kind of movie can you get a guaranteed audience where there's people who don't even want to see the movie and they pay to be there? That's a very good point. <laughs> like it's just it's odd to see um like and in and in, in our line of work, Richard and and my line of work, it's it's very rare to see a spin-off get a sequel. And so from that th- from that point of view, I'm like, oh, that is interesting. But also it's minions, you know, the 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 inexplicable dominating cultural pop cultural icon of the past decade and a bit. So maybe I shouldn't be so surprised. Uh, so just briefly, if I need to mention, there's, I, I don't think this will be coming out, uh, but a film called Oh Hell No, which was um, starring Jack Black and supposed to star Ice Cube, uh, but he turned down a $9 million paycheck because he didn't want to get vaccinated. Um, the Very plot cool. is described oh, as hell no. Sherman falls in love with Will's mom and Jack Black was playing is playing Sherman presumably Ice Cube was going to play Will and I, I doubt he would have been happy about Sherman dating his mom and I can I can I can take a guess at what he would have said upon hearing that Sherman was dating his mom what nope oh sorry yeah, wrong movie um <laughs> so Thor Love and Thunder coming out in July uh new Thor film MCU directed by Taika Waititi yeah so this one features uh, it's going to have the Guardians of the Galaxy going to be in it because obviously where we left Thor at the end of Endgame, he was still with the Guardians. So yeah, Chris Pratt, Plum, Plum Clementine, uh, Dave Bautista, Karen Gillan, uh, Vin Diesel, Sean Garner all confirmed for the film. The villain of this film is going to be Christian Bale as Gore the God Butcher. <laughs> um, yes, Jeremy, Christian Bale. It's going to be play yourself. What? What are you laughing at, Jeremy? No, that's what I was laughing at. And then Richard was just like, no, we stupid thing, love it. It's because that news is two years old, Jeremy, and we laugh at your um, pop cultural. Uh, no, well, Jeremy was just laughing because I said the villain will be Christian Bale, and he's like, oh. "I thought you were just going to say Christian Bale." Richard, that's a very that's that's very close to just being the kind of jokes that you pull on me all the time, though. It is. But so, so how how does it feel being on the? But now that I have Jeremy for it to flow downwards, <laughs> I, I can act better. <laughs> All right, middle child. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Gore the God Butcher, who a character who interestingly only was only created in 2013. I I'm always fascinated mm-hmm. to find out that like all oh, these characters are finally coming to the MCU and. He debuted after the Avengers came out, the movie. Well, he was rumored to be um, the horse one for yeah, a long time. Yeah, uh, Beta, uh, Beta Ray Bill. Yeah. Who yeah, people guy. talk about being in the film or maybe in the film. There's uh, a bunch of fun cameos that are going to be in it that have leaked, but you can look into those in your own time if you want. The most interesting thing about this is that a, a poster was supposedly leaked for it and it's it looks like um when you go to like junk shops in the mall and they have like secretly have unlicensed school mm. book coverings that's a bunch of like or like you know like <laughs> malaysian flea market style like it was like that level of like um of um 
of you know junky like like i remember <laughs> finding a backpack once that had the poster art for batman forever on it but then like the batman animated series logo that sort of thing um and this leaked and everyone was like do not be stupid this of course this isn't the poster for a marvel cinematic universe movie and then it got released that apparently it is but apparently in true kind of taika waititi fashion apparently it's quote uh, bad on purpose is the current rumor <laughs> is that it's supposed to look trashy for whatever reason which you think is incredible if true <laughs> <laughs> um also the other sort of big thing in this film is that uh jane foster natalie portman is returning um and is going mm. to become mighty thor so gain power similar to thor um who's and while undergoing cancer treatment uh yeah she had a meeting with Taika Waititi and was convinced to come back for the film after not returning for for Ragnarok. Um, mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm excited to see this. I I think that it'll be interesting to see. You know, they keep talking about like this one's full Taika and they go even further with with it. And so yeah, it'll be interesting to see what that looks like, mm. or if or if you know he's one of these directors that needs you know naysayers. I see. Yeah, yeah, and I mean first other first non-avengers marvel film to get a fourth um, and mm. i think it's very wise to give thor a fourth after only he only just sort of like found his feet and found yeah. his brand with ragnarok so yeah looks mm. good thor I'm for sure more good. thor thor for more thor uh so uh there's a movie called bullet train coming out this is directed by david leach uh, who did the uh, john wick films with chad Selisky. um stars brad pitt and joey king uh, five assassins find themselves on a Japanese bullet train, realizing that their individual assignments are all interconnected. Uh, you got yeah, Brad Pitt, Joey King, um, Andrew Koji, Aaron Taylor Johnson, and Brian Tyree Henry, and Zazy Boots, and, and, and Sandra Bullock, Bullock apparently. Yeah, random. So she was she was actually added to the film after they'd already filmed a whole bunch of it. Oh yeah, to replacing Lady Gaga who had to drop out due to House of Gucci. I don't know, might be fun. Probably just a fun action movie. Um, apparently Joey King's role is a cameo, a fun cameo. Um, who who's Joey King? Yeah, <laughs> she's the girl from the Kissing Booth, and she's in Fargo season one. Um, she's in a few. You probably recognize yeah. her if you saw her. She was in the um that the biopic of that uh the Munchausen by proxy true crime thing that cool cool so again all things i haven't seen so no (laughs) honestly it'll be it'll be a um it'll be one of those cameo i've now reached the age and stage of life where there's a cool cameo from like a young star and i'm like oh who's this person i I, to be honest i don't think it's i think it's weird to call it a cameo i don't think she's it's not like she's like zendaya it's not like oh my god Joey joey king's here it's i think it's more like she just has a small role just a a featured extra yeah. uh so also this july apparently blazing samurai is finally coming mm. out uh which is the computer animated uh remake of blazing saddles uh but now get this they're not they're they're samurai instead of cowboys and they're also cats and and the the new sheriff is a dog or something like that is that right something like that um i yeah. actually don't know that much about it. mel brooks is in it i think that this sounds like a pretty good idea. 
I think. I think um, when this this got announced a couple years ago, maybe a year and a half ago, and I really wanted to do like an off week episode, which was like take an old movie and reinvent it and for a remake because I think that'd be a fun exercise. And I think something like Blazing Saddles, which is kind of in this midway point of like, yeah, it's got a lot of stuff that probably wouldn't fly now, but ultimately its message is probably more um more it's it's the heart is in the right place more than probably a lot of modern movies are and it sort of existed in that space and i think this is a great way to update it to keep the message but drop anything that maybe yeah. is a little risque um i think yeah do you know what so far, so i've cool. i recently commented on the fact that you have a penchant for uh saying that you feel like a film was announced some ridiculous amount of time ago when it wasn't um when it wasn't that long ago. Uh, this time, you said that this film was announced about 18 months ago. It was actually announced seven years ago, Jane. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, I, I first heard about it 18 months yeah. ago. So, also in July, uh, Black Adam is supposed to be finally coming out. We're, we're actually starting to get little teasers for this, so... The, the, this one felt like one of those ones that might for a while it felt like it might never happen um because yeah, so how is- long ago was it announced richard tell me so i don't make a <laughs> fucking idiot of myself it feels like it was 30 years ago it does though it does feel like it was ages ago come on uh where are we so well because I mean, pretty much when shazam was first announced um in 2017 they said that it was going to be like a Shazam versus Black Adam and The Rock was going to play back Black Adam. And then they said, actually, they're going to make two films. They're going to make a Shazam film and a Black Adam film. And then they said, yep, yeah, no, he's... Dwayne Johnson isn't appearing in Shazam. It's just going to be... There's going to be a Black Adam film. I, I think... I don't know. It's, it's, it's going to be... It's actually going to be really interesting seeing Dwayne Johnson in a film like this because he's kind of the way he's hyping it up is very like I'm fucking dark and gritty and all this kind of thing. he's an anti-hero kind of thing um mm. and uh, yeah to, is he making a film where he's not constantly winking at the camera I I think he will be in the end but I think we're not going to know that until we see the movie I think it's going to be marketed and hyped in a very sort of specific mm. way um, and also, just to follow up on a, on a thought I was having, um, the director, the original director, who's no longer director, was signed on for a Black Adam film in 2006. Dwayne Johnson was approached about playing um, Captain Marvel that year, but by November, or Shazam, sorry, um, by 2007, Johnson was interested in Black Adam. So 2007 was wow. when Dwayne Johnson was like circling Black Adam at the earliest. That's yeah. nuts. That is crazy. He wasn't even in his like prime then, you know. Mm. Like he, he was still a wrestler, meme. wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know if he was still a wrestler, but he was. He was like, I feel like Fast Five is what made Dwayne Johnson Absolutely. a brand, right? Yeah, he was so, still. Like, yeah, he was still in like his pacifier kind of days. His um, welcome to the jungle slash the rundown days. Yeah. <laughs> he still had hair. He still had hair. Yeah. So uh, walking tall, uh, uh, Jeremy. You were quite a big fan of uh, Shazam. Do you have similar like anticipation for Black Adam, or do you not? Well, it's interesting because I didn't really anticipate Shazam. I was just blown away by how good it was when it came out. And so I watched. I watched the trailer. I was very confused by it. I did not understand anything that was really going on whatsoever. I mean, I'll watch it. Sure. I, I have no, I don't know what to expect from it. So, you know, and mm. again, I mean, 
Dwayne Johnson's record of like not being involved in crap has really taken a hit over the last year. <laughs> uh, but, uh, <laughs> so I'm 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 less I'm less gung ho about anything he's in being a good time. Uh, <clears throat> Jungle Cruise. Um, so yes, remains to be seen. But interesting, interesting to see him taking on the heel role. Mm. And mm. also, every time I hear anyone say Black Adam, I just think you're about to say Black Adder, and I'm like, mm. lol. Do you know the only other time I've heard someone refer to a villain as a heel was today, earlier today, <laughs> and then you just said it again then. Fun, fun little beta Meinhof. Mm. What's the next one? <laughs> so uh, the next one is a film called Secret uh, Headquarters. Uh, this is about a kid who thinks his dad is a superhero. The dad is played by Owen Wilson, and it's uh, directed by the guys who made Catfish, the like the original movie, and then were... Um, you know, they made one of the Paranormal Activity movies. It also stars Michael Pena. So. What a series of things I'm not interested in, in the slightest. <laughs> yeah. uh, we're in August now, by the yeah. way. And we're then we've August. also got The Man from Toronto. This is about Kevin Hart and Woody Harrelson, uh, where a screw-up is forced to team up with an assassin after the two are confused for another one another while staying at an Airbnb. That sounds fun. This year's Stuber. Hmm. <laughs> And <laughs> which i never saw stuber. so maybe uh, i mean yeah, <laughs> it, is... like stuber was fine but it's yeah, I didn't see it, it. it will be this year's stuber i imagine the uh, man from toronto is like you went to movie title generator mm. and that's what it gave you it's very well, old i think, school I think it's intentionally like underplaying like it's it's making it sound lame yeah 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 right uh, we've also got a movie called uh samaritan which is uh where this kid realizes that this superhero from back in the day might still be alive might still be around um and uh stallone plays sylvester stallone plays that um that superhero and the film has been described as a dark new take on superhero movies we haven't seen that before (laughs) (laughs) is that not just the plot to no hancock as well but also like rocky balboa Mm. or or creed probably mega mind (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm saying like like Sylvester Stallone is retired and a new young buck comes and finds him to get him back in the ring. Hmm. That's just Creed. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's all we've got for August is a is a pretty weak month. Um Salem's Lot in September. Hell yeah. I I've the 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 title Salem's Lot, I think my father read it and my brother read it, has been hanging over me my whole life and I've just heard about how like pants poopingly scary this this story this book apparently is oh. stephen king novel you excited to poop your pants i'm d- ecstatic for it i can't <laughs> wait i'll be glad to finally have a reason to point to as to why i did it mm-hmm. yeah exactly i did have a reason if you listen to the barbie episode <laughs> there's never a really a reason though is there so dark harvest uh this is also coming out i wrote this down for some reason but what is this dark harvest is an adaptation of a horror novel um it's got jeremy davies in it too it's set in a hamlet where it's a young men must confront a creature each year in the hopes that they will win a desirable prize so whatever Mm -hmm. distant this is a new dreamworks animation movie that i think looked kind of cool um it's been 
three weeks now since I've run this list. So uh, the spaceship of an asteroid miner, Andy, the spaceship of asteroid miner, Andy gets stuck on an asteroid, sending him to an alien planet where he contends with his AI survival suit, losing oxygen. He connects with a fellow crew member, Naomi, via radio who is trapped inside her escape pod. Anthony Ramos uh, as Andy, Naomi Scott and Zachary Quinto as the voice and, of the AI. And this is, this is a kid's movie? Hmm. This sounds very serious. Yeah. Sounds very, I'm like, sure it'll be wacky. He'll be like, mate. Existential, sad space. He maybe movie. he does a big fart in the space suit and it sees uh, smells. No, no, no. That's light year, AJ. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, like, if, if I didn't know this was animated, I would think it was cashing in on the Ad Astra Interstellar Solaris uh, kind of. Uh, it is. It's passengers. Yeah. It's not um, animated. Sorry. <laughs> it's oh, by DreamWorks, okay. but it's not animated. <laughs> <laughs> it just could be what we're describing. Yeah, yeah, no. So I think it probably is just a. Um, it really, it really sounds like what it's actually going to be. I don't, I don't think he will fart in a spaceship. <laughs> mm. Oh well, that's fun. <laughs> I'm just gonna. I write DreamWorks animation on my notes. I'm just gonna write change it to say DreamWorks. Uh, but an animation for all those people. Possibly, all those people who are going yeah, to read it after this. Puss uh, and Boots: The Last Wish, a film which Bullshit. I'll believe when I see. There is no way that Puss in Boots The Last Wish is coming out. Which was originally all. called Puss in Boots Nine Lives and Forty Thieves. And how long ago was that? Like, okay. Like, it, it this feels is like 30 the joke years. of the episode. It feels like 30 years. I know that when we did the Shrek franchise in 2017, the Puss in Boots and the whatever the original title was. Thieves. That was in the Wikipedia page. So I remember talking about it on that episode. Oh, no, on the, in that episode, it was like, yeah, like this is ever going to come out. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, what is the state of the Puss in Boots like Netflix series? Is that still going? Oh, it's booming. Because think about how dead the Shrek universe is in film, right? Like, there's yeah, not a in meme movie. culture, though. It's, no, of course not. But there, there hasn't been a new Shrek movie in over 10 years. Like, it feels like they're this close to to rebooting Shrek, and I cannot believe that a, a Puss in Boots sequel will be coming. It's weird that like this and Minions: Rise of Gru are having the same, playing the same game almost, like spin-offs, sequels to spin-offs that you're surprised they're bothering to do a sequel to. Yeah, but maybe this is going to be more like a um the Netflix series version. Yeah, you know? yeah like true. maybe it's separating it into that universe i don't know uh so a film called don't worry darling it's coming out this is directed by olivia wilde her second film um and it stars florence Pugh and harry styles uh the premise is an unhappy housewife of the 1950s discovers a disturbing truth while her loving husband hides a dark secret also stars chris pine olivia wilde uh nick kroll uh, Dita Von Teese Nick Kroll yeah. I think I might have seen the trailer for this but that there was like an announcement great. trailer that was like a shots of a couple of the characters ah, and okay. the date yes. being that it's coming out was a year from when it um, was but uh, very interesting if you follow the sort of um, behind the scenes leaks and rumours for this film this isn't like cameo level or anything like that so <laughs> apparently Doctor Strange <laughs> is gonna be in it um, well, so okay so Harry Styles and Olivia Wilde have started dating. She was obviously famously married to uh, Jason yeah. Sudeikis. And so there's all this sort of talk and people in the industry, I've seen a bunch of TikToks about it and read some articles about it, that so uh, pretty much apparently with like one or two weeks left to go on filming, 
Olivia Wilde made everyone sign an NDA about it because in filming up until that point, which you would, or, or you, you know, you would do before production starts, not with a week to go. So Jason Sudeikis would come and visit set. I think they might have already been separating when the filming started, um, and he would come to visit set. You know, they have kids that they, you know, were sort of sharing, looking after, and then one day Olivia Wilde bans people coming to set and then starts being all kind of flirty and head over heels with Harry Styles and would spend a lot of time in his trailer. And then so apparently Florence Pugh actually directed like 80% of this movie herself because Olivia Wilde was just making googly eyes over Harry Styles. Who's how much younger than, than there's um, a big age gap there, isn't it? Yeah. So she is, uh, wild. she's 37. He's 28. Not only nine years. Um, very still very sexy but yeah um interesting yeah that I'm, i mean i'm sure more will come out about that hold up wow my god olivia wilde's come to kill him for revealing all this information <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah, so, uh, yeah, i don't know it'd be, be um i mean it sounds like a cool movie though uh, yeah, and, it's really uh, interesting yeah. because I was I was sitting here for the last few like the, probably the last two months that we're talking about, just thinking like, man, where are the new movie stars? Like, where are the cool up and coming like exciting young movie mm. stars? And then you said the words Florence Pugh, and I was like, oh shit, yeah, awesome! Mm. Like, I was like, that's right. We do have like this new generation who are extremely exciting actors and actresses to watch. And I, th- I would put Harry Styles in that category. Yeah, you know, I, again, like he he is a bona fide star. Like whatever he does, he he has that star. <laughs> <laughs> he, he has that star quality that, like you know, it, it's you know, he would if this was the 1930s, he would have a contract with a with with a studio. Yeah, you yeah. Know? yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, also, so and also in September, this is one I've marked as one of my most anticipated. It's a film called Bros. Uh, do you guys know about this? This is so. This is uh, Billy Eichner's uh, romantic comedy, which is the first studio film to have uh, an entirely LGBTQ principal cast. Um, oh, and wow. yeah, so it's got uh, yeah Billy Eichner, Jim Rash, Harvey Firestein, um, who else? Bo and Yang. Um, just like, like sort of a, a lot of fun people to watch, and and I, I quite like Billy Eichner. He wrote it, and it's. Co- it's directed by Nicholas Stoller and um, I think Judd Apatow is co-producing it. Uh, Nicholas Stoller did The Muppets. Oh, and... Um, <laughs> Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yeah, cool. Oh, nice. That's, yeah. That sounds good. Yeah, so it's it's cool to like... Yeah, I'm excited for it. I, th- I think that the, the talent behind it and will make it at least a fun rom-com. Um, I would admit, I, I just can't even imagine... Billy Eichner, Jim Rash, and Harvey Firestein in the same room, like, <laughs> like as 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 sort of entertainers, they just all are so distinct in their personalities that I can't imagine them playing. Like, I, I don't think that they're not going to play well together, but it's just they're so they're so almost like iconic in the way that they are that I can't imagine. Yeah. And, and they're always the biggest person in the room or like mm. the most interesting and kind of like subversive character in the room. And it's like, mm. when you put all three of them, like what happens? <laughs> and I think, I hope this is okay for me to say as well, but like, considering it's an LGBT cast, like they're all kind of like famously, like, like being gay is very much a part of their, all three of their brands. 
but in very different um, uh, yeah. executions, you know. That, <laughs> and it reminds me, um, I don't know if you guys know about um, Taylor Swift and Damon Albarn from uh, Blur and Gorillas mm. feuding at the moment. Um, but I saw a tweet, or well, someone uh-huh. told me about a tweet that said um, the best thing about the Taylor Swift, Damon Albarn feud is that it's bringing um, two different types of gays together that have never <laughs> met each other. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next, uh, here's one of, I think, three films this year, four films this year that we all put as one of our most anticipated. That is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part 1, which I'm not going to read that out. Jeremy did make fun of last week, though. Mm. So he has to stick to his guns and be negative and against this movie coming out. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And all all multiverse, Spider-Verse, anything-verse iterations, they can all get fucked. Alrighty. Uh so yeah, this is the the for for a lot of us, I guess the the well two thirds of us, the much anticipated follow-up to Into the Spider-Verse. Um we've seen like a little mini announcement trailer kind of thing. Um and I got right off the bat, I gotta throw in a complaint. I don't mind across the Spider-Verse as a title, but that part one better be a placeholder. Mm. They better just be telling us that it's part one of a two-part story because I can't imagine when you have a series in which the only differing word is into and across why you wouldn't just come up with a third word <laughs> yeah. for the third film like if 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 this is across the spider-verse part one and then there's across the spider-verse part two i think that's such a disappointment like yeah such an yeah. opportunity for fun titles and you're already on thin ice by call by barely changing this one mm. and <laughs> just doing part one and part two would be a bummer yeah but i'd um, rather it be into that. the spider-verse part two you yeah. know like that makes more sense um but yeah other, looks other great that, looks sure great. it'll be great yeah 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 yeah. uh no reason to think it won't be didn't um one of the one of the lord and or millers said it was um uh they were employing animation styles never seen before or something like that yeah which and they is said what the first that, one kind of did the animation but, in this one makes the first film look quaint that's uh, so exciting, exciting. so uh all we also got an october film called tar which um i imagine might be an oscar contender it's directed by todd field uh it's his first film in 16 years since little children um stars kate blanchett uh not really much is known about the plot i think but um yeah todd todd field his third film Um, what was the last thing kate blanchett did man she's been uh, quiet for a while uh don't look up yeah. Oh right, I didn't see that. <laughs> she played like a um, what kind of like a uh, hoda copy. Kind of, yeah. Okay. <laughs> she she's like a um a shitty tabloid news anchor. She was oh, also yeah. in Nightmare Alley. Oh yeah, true. She's actually in stuff that's she's in, <laughs> in cinemas nominated now. For <laughs> yeah, she's she's in cinemas now. Go yeah, go. she's in two <laughs> films nominated for best picture. Um, so there you go. That's, that answers your question. There, oh, good. She's I'm, also I'm glad, be in the that, I'm glad she's been kept busy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just worried about her, you know. I, yeah, yeah. It's, you like know my, she's... it's like my dad asking me if I've gotten any work lately. Has <laughs> Kate Blanchett done anything recently? <laughs> <laughs> her and her, me and her mother are very concerned. <laughs> so, it's because uh, we care about you, Kate. <laughs> also in October, we've got uh, Halloween Ends, which. Mm. Uh, 
you know, one of uh, one of my most disappointing films last year was Halloween Kills, but uh, hoping they save it for this one. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I don't know if I said this on our most disappointing roundup for it, and I know I've said it in real life, so that's why I can't remember if I said it on pod or not. But like the ending to Halloween 2018, I would have loved it if they'd just put a bow on it and said, yep, he died. Put a bow right? and arrow and, on it. And then, why? What does bow and arrows have to do with? I don't know why well, they go with bows, arrows. Oh, okay. Cool. I was um, expecting so, you to ignore, ignore me. Sorry, I wasn't expecting a follow-up. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, I was trying to figure out what bow and arrows had to do with Michael Myers. It's like, was this a pun? But based on what? Anyway, um, the the ending to Halloween 2018 is completely, like, kneecapped by the idea of them wanting to do a sequel. Halloween um, Kills was very much not the sequel we needed to justify. Mm, but it's the sequel not- we deserved. <laughs> it's you know it's it, it's it's not good enough to to justify crippling the ending to the previous film and i highly doubt halloween ends will follow through on that either i thought mm. that the ending of halloween kills was so so stupid that i can't imagine being on board for halloween ends but you bet your ass i'll see it yeah and we'll probably do a film for it just follow-ups on it uh so like jeremy that. one you've marked as your most anticipated uh ticket to paradise the stars, stars george clooney and julia roberts um what what, uh, what do you need to say I, I move on it stars it stars george clooney and julia roberts i am anticipating watching it george what clooney it lost weight for it he did keto to lose weight um university of chicago uh, graduate ren butler accompanies her best friend lily on a post-graduation jaunt to bali after lily abruptly decides to marry a local her divorced parents try to stop their daughter from making the same mistake they once made 25 years ago meanwhile ren stays in bali for the festivities and in the process finds her own love with a local doctor so it feels like they're going to be very secondary in this film the, yeah, the I was two say, oh. main uh ren and lily are billy lord and caitlin dever so I was going to say, Jeremy, I'm so sorry. It sounds like Julia Roberts and George Clooney are not playing the main characters. It doesn't matter. They're still in it. I I mean, you know, my boomer, my boomer heart is, um, (laughs) is is full and I'm hoping that they both get nominated for Oscars for it, you know, (laughs) just so we see Julia turn up to the Oscars again next year, you know? Mm. What a what a what a down like kind of like a understated sounding role to go out of your way to lose weight for. (laughs) <laughs> you know like especially when you're george clooney and you're not you're already like and especially when you're playing a dad yeah yeah <laughs> he should be gaining weight <laughs> uh so we're now we're getting through these we're on to november millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds salads generally for most people are the easy button right for me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Uh, there's still 20-something films to go. But uh, we, The Flash... The, the mm. Flash is finally getting a movie. Barry Allen, the fastest man alive, portrayed in this film by Ezra Miller. But who gives a shit? Because the fun sort of thing <laughs> about this film is that uh, not only is Ben Affleck uh, coming back to the role of Batman, which he said he um, 
you know he was done with and he said that this is a nice finish for his time as batman uh but we also have michael keaton returning as batman uh for the first time since batman returns it's just it's it's your favorite thing jeremy it's it's um multiverse bullshit uh, but this time it's not spider-man yeah it's batman it's like batman a, it's different like a phoenix rising from the flames of ben affleck's ass ben <laughs> affleck is back as batman but Michael Keaton's back as Batman. I feel like that's the selling point. I know. <laughs> I, but, I do love but, that they've made a Flash movie. The only way they could have made a Flash movie exciting is by being like, well, "There's got Batman in it." <laughs> 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 um, the the big the the one of the other surprising things about this is that um, Ezra Miller still has work because uh, he is on the knife edge of 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 the cancellation. Um, cutting board that's <laughs> very confused very confused metaphor but i stand by it really I think what do you do he choked out a fan who asked for a photo yeah there's a video of him choking a fan it could the 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 only ambiguity of it is people don't know the context of it people don't know if could, she deserved it no people don't it could be like <laughs> it could be like a um choke like daddy a kind of fan issue or, or he's maybe not even hurting her. I think was the that was the defense. Was like, no, no, you. They're just they're they're doing a bit. Basically, was the mm. defense I heard of it. But I feel like we would have heard if that was true by now, and I don't think we have heard that. So I feel very uneasy watching Ezra Miller and, and things after that, mm. especially having seen the video. It's one thing to know like an actor's done dodgy stuff, but to see a video, it really yeah, it was, was in Reykjavik as well, randomly. Uh, but he also encountered a bit of hot water last month. Um, because oh when he threatened to murder the kkk yeah <laughs> and people oh, were like man, what a controversial thing to do <laughs> i think that? it was more like as it's, it's, it's like not the message that that people are wanting to uh the not the correct anti-kkk message i don't know mm. yeah so that is the flash uh david o russell has got a new fucking movie out woohoo <laughs> You've written here, it's possibly called Canterbury Glass, which just sounds like a local glazier in the city. Yeah, yeah. That I live in. Uh, yeah so it's allegedly called Canterbury Glass. It's star, so it's the premise is a doctor and a lawyer form an unlikely partnership. Hmm. It stars Christian Bale, Margot Robbie, John David Washington, Rami Malek, Zoe Saldana, Robert De Niro, Mike Myers, Timothy Oliphant, Michael Shannon, Chris Rock, Anya Taylor Joy, Andrea Riceboro, uh, and Taylor Swift. Oh, that's a lot of people. Mm, that's that really took a turn you. at the end there. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I fucking I, I don't like David O. Russell. Um, <laughs> not a fan. American Hustle. Well, he's just he's very like his whole vibe is that very kind of mid two thousand tens kind of like. Ugh, mm. Look at us, and we can have sexy stars doing things that if they weren't sexy, we wouldn't bother watching. Yeah, and, and apparently he's just a a prick as well. Um, that's how he got all these wonderful actors to work with. Yeah. I know, and that's that's how he gets them. that's how he gets actors to keep going back and working with him by being a prick mm. to them. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, uh, John David Washington replaced Michael B. Jordan. I've just seen. Interestingly. Um, yeah. So that's that. And then also, Untitled. This is another thing like we did with yesterday. Uh, there's an Untitled Bee Gees biopic directed by Kenneth Branagh, uh, which mm. would make his third film coming out this year uh, in the space of twelve months um after belfast and and death on the Nile. but yeah kenneth branner's a weird director to get to do the bg's biopic he's just going back through all the things that he loved when he was growing up he started out with his home his hometown yeah, experience troubles. of belfast and now he's just doing the bg's 
All right, so we're going to play the game. We're going to yeah. do what BG's song title is the movie going to be called? Yeah, New York Mining Disaster 1941. <laughs> uh, what about I Started a Joke? <laughs> That's pretty good. Or um, To Love Somebody. They can't do Staying Alive, can they? Yeah, or um, Set It Out Fever because they're already taken. Mm. Grease mm. is the word. Is that a Bee Gees song? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, immortality. I hope so because then they can bring back Celine Dion for immortality. Yeah, it's just called tragedy. I feel like you would call it like "How Deep Is Your Love" or something. Right. That it's like you just call it their biggest song, a la Bohemian mm. Rhapsody. Mm. Do we think it's going to be as like? Both this and Elvis, do you think that it's going to be as paint by numbers as Bohemian Rhapsody or we're going to have a Bohemian Rhapsody versus Rocketman situation? Mm. I sure hope to see as much editing um, as we saw with (laughs) Bohemian Rhapsody. (laughs) Because as we all know, the more editing, the better. As soon as I made that comparison between Bohemian Rhapsody and Rocketman with Elvis and Untitled Bee Gees biopic, I suddenly realized and had this deep, deep feeling of how little I want to go through that drama. Mm. <laughs> it's so uninteresting. So boring. Rocketman oh, was great, though. I never saw it. That oh, was great. It was good. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, so November, the last MCU film of the year, we've got uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Um, interestingly, Jeremy, you're the only person that's put this as your most anticipated. But um, I think, yeah, for for me and, I, and I'm assuming AJ as well, it's a little bit like there's a little much, bit too much not in this film's corner. Mm. That's kind of like, because, yeah, so obviously Chadwick Boseman passed away. So there's, they've, and they've said they're not recasting T'Challa. So we're sort of having to deal with, that and are we like the 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 universe needs to move on there needs to be a black panther in the universe so i i am kind of apprehensive of the idea of just crowning a new black panther i thought i'd like because having said all this i trust ryan coogler more than that um but like martin yeah. freeman's coming back and he said when ryan coogler that he had a zoom meeting with ryan coogler to pitch him the idea went you know to pitch martin the idea and he said it took him like 30 minutes to explain it and he was like oh i don't know man like wow he, yeah like he said like when he and he was like this is insane and so the idea of They're like, going multiversal <laughs> the only way to recast t'challa and also the letitia wright controversy yeah obviously the chadwick boseman stuff is very sad i think the letitia wright uh stuff is very unfortunate that that's coincided with them needing to um recast or re re crown the black panther with her being the most logical one to do it it's almost like they've lost two actors in yeah. a way now um i think they probably should have recast t'challa i think they've done it before um and i think it sets a strange precedent to not recast um and i i've from a lot of like twitter um this is getting very close to uh, my black friend said this but like i've seen some schools of thought on twitter saying it's actually it's one of those like kind of like why can't you recast t'challa like it's it's you know it feels like a a um weird weird kind of exception to make when they would probably happily recast and have happily recast other characters in the mcu before. not not to that that of that level though obviously black panther is more important than hmm. hulk <laughs> like in terms of or, um, impact. uh what's his face the, the, um, um with terence howard and um no, yeah, don the, Cheadle? Um, iron war machine war machine war machine i'm yeah yeah. Hmm. yeah yeah 
Um, and I, th- but I think that's like from from another perspective. I guess it's more like the less it's going to be so much less trouble for you story wise to just recast the character. Um, and a and like it's not like you there you can't do that. And I just think that would be the the better way to go. Uh, my biggest problem with this movie, however, um, so far and similar to Across the Spider Verse Part One, Wakanda Forever is what you've I come know. up with with <laughs> your with your subtitle. Like that's yeah. What does that tell us? That's just that was said in the first movie. You know what I mean? Like that was like already a catchphrase. It doesn't tell you anything about the. like it's not that it needs to tell you more about it but it's just it's like it's you could have called the first one that you know like i i I wish that a more unique title was announced than the kind like borderline memeified wakanda what about wakanda for never (laughs) very good (laughs) so uh also in november we've got she said now this is uh you know following the tradition of uh in the footsteps of films like all the president's men or spotlight uh this is about the work of the journalists that uh, Jody Cantor and Megan Tui, who broke the story of Harvey Weinstein's uh, sexual misconduct allegations, mm. stars Zoe Kazan and Carrie Mulligan um, as as those two. And I imagine this will be a big player at the Oscars. Um, one of those it's cool title, of, yeah. Good title uh, it's, for that, it's that based on a book called She Said. Um, do we reckon? What do we reckon about um, Hollywood making movies about their own? What deep- yeah, like shortcomings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, well, I, I think it's interesting because I, I, I could see this film. You know, if it's good, I could see. Um, you know, doing quite well at the Oscars, but it'll be that kind of discussion of like Hollywood being like, we're awarding this film to make up for the fact that we let Harvey Weinstein yeah. do this. And it's like, yeah. no, we recognize it. You guys made this great film about it. We're square. Yeah. And I, th- yeah. I think that's kind of like, there's going to be that, there's going to be discussion about that of, mm. if this does well at the Oscars or if this receives a bunch of nominations, that it will be that kind of like, yeah, of course you guys want to fucking. <laughs> yeah. It's that um, Simpsons joke about um, how Hollywood loves nothing more than talking, than making movies about, um underdogs taking on the man mm. or something you know like when, it, when they are the man <laughs> mm. um but yeah I, mean, I, I am excited for this film uh like zoe kazan and carrie mulligan and i think you know it'll be an interesting story it's similar as well probably to bombshell mm. um so there's also november the fablemans this is uh steven spielberg's film which he's assembled uh quite the cast for um michelle williams seth rogan uh, paul dano uh and yeah Wait, uh, who direct, who's directing it sorry steven spielberg it's it's his belfast oh, right. essentially it's the it's oh, his okay. film that's like sort of loosely based on his his childhood um mm. in arizona so yeah i think um michelle williams and paul dano play his parents and seth rogan plays his uncle uh Very again cool. we'll probably do quite well at the oscars um yeah so just mm. worth pointing out. Uh, also, in November we've got Creed three, directed by Michael B. Jordan. Um, this is another one. I don't know if it's even in production yet, so I wouldn't be surprised if this got delayed. Um, but yeah, Michael B. Jordan. I'll be. I'm interested to see him do it. But I am also apprehensive about a Creed film without Rocky in it, because now I've walked away from the role. I was going to say you haven't marked this as your um, most anticipated. Mm. of the year which i thought was interesting considering how diehard you are for um rocky um and i think that the the i agree i think doing it without rocky is interesting in a weirder way i personally and this is not 
at all supposed to reflect other people's experiences. After film franchise Four Nights, I feel like I've closed the book on Rocky <laughs> in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Um, and not well, in the yeah. sense that, I, that I'll never watch them again, more that like I feel like I had such an experience watching them and, and it feels strange to be returning to that world in any mm. form, in a way. Yeah. Uh, we're now on to December. So, Ooh. yeah, we are getting through this quickly, but obviously... The, as the year goes on, we have less and less information about films. Um, and there were also, we've got a bunch of undated ones as well, which we'll get to. Uh, so Violet Night, this is presumably a Christmas horror movie. It stars David Harbour. That'll be fun. Uh, but December's, one of December's big releases, hoping, I guess they're hoping that it'll be December's biggest release, is Avatar 2. Oh, what do we reckon? What do we, yes, it will. Gosh. I will think, it come out? I think it, Yes. Wow! I, I yeah, I think I think we were. If they've actually given it a release date, I think it will. I mean, Lord knows they've had what north of twelve years to do it. Yeah. So, bloody favorite- hell! Just release a damn movie already. <laughs> My favorite meme is to to repost slash film articles that be like sad news Avatar two delayed to twenty fourteen. <laughs> um, like it's just like how long ago was that? Like oh, yeah. tw- even two thousand nine when the original came out. Um, my attitude on this is it's more fun to be excited for a big release than to be too cool for it. So in that sense, I'm happy to jump on the train despite having almost no feelings for avatar interesting Um, (laughs) i feel like this this is an interesting thing because you you're more like you're happier to jump on the bandwagon of love like anticipating a film but i think i'm more happy to jump on the bandwagon of liking the film (laughs) (laughs) okay Right. Oh, I just got to what you meant. You're talking yeah. about Avatar specifically. No, I no, thought no. you meant just films in general. And yeah, I do. I do mean just films in general. Oh, you, you do? don't. You don't really like films in general, AJ. And, Me? And, and you guys Richard, don't watch any. Richard, <laughs> the only reason you guys t- like more films is because you only you barely watch any anymore. Well, okay, that's one year you're taking. For example, we were in lockdown that's for three months. One three hundred and sixty-six day period you're talking about. Yeah, um, where where movie theaters were shut for us for a long time. But um, yeah, I, I think yeah, I don't know. It's just a, it's just a funny thing. I feel like on the most anticipated, you're you're like no no like I I'm super looking forward to this. Whereas when we get to the most disappointed at the end of the year, I'm more likely to be like I don't know. I had fun with it, man. Like. <laughs> mm. Space and Jam I resent too. you for it. Yeah, and um, I resent I, you for your thing. <laughs> so, uh, Jeremy, Avatar would two. you like to share your resentments? Oh, I mean, that's well catalogued. Just go back and listen to the previous podcast, AJ. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, so, I mean, Avatar 2, right? Like, what's really interesting to me is that Avatar, when it came out it, in 2009, people... Um, God, like, a life it, ago, a I know, life ago. I know. It's so it was. That was. It was before Inception. It was before like the Dark Knight Rises. The term or was it before- MCU hadn't been coined. It's before oh Dark Knight gosh. Rises, as so, well before Dark Knight Rises. Three years before Dark Knight Rises. Can I just point out though that Avatar was meant to be like James Cameron revolutionizing cinema by bringing real 3D back Mm. to our screens and Mm. what i love is that avatar 2 has taken so long to come out 
that the studios have finally, and thank God, fucking given up on forcing 3D movies on us. And I hadn't even noticed. Until December. (laughs) But I hadn't even noticed because I remember thinking about it. Like, you know, and for ages, for years, I just had like spare pairs of 3D glasses just sitting in my cars like <laughs> just in case glove box just You'd rattling pop the around the lenses out and be a cool hipster <laughs> oh it just like for years and i used to th- oh, I and i used this. to look at them and i used to go when will studios stop like trying to squeeze extra money out of us by putting mm. shitty like retroactive 3D onto their film mm. and i didn't even notice when it stopped and i'm so grateful and now they're probably going to try and do it again Hey, and they say Avatar had no effect on the zeitgeist. Look at us reminiscing <laughs> in 2009 in a post-Avatar 3D world. But um, now I'm just worried. <laughs> I'm just worried that, like, because it's been so long, James Cameron has had way too long to think up some other shitty way of, like, transforming the cinema experience. Well, the, the, I the think Smell-O-Vision, Smell-O-Vision is going to be brought in and we're all going to have to buy, like, little nose, nose caps. Hey, Robert Rodriguez already perfected that with um, Spy Kids all the time in the world the um <laughs> the the interesting thing so that this film is sort of being sold on the fact that like this is gonna have they're gonna go underwater and this is this has been teased since 2010 <laughs> that yeah, like yeah. and they're still sticking to that they, they um it's the water one people had the to, first one's the, the forest jungle one. yeah yeah this is the water one um so kate winslet uh, had to learn to free dive for the film because she's in it um cliff curtis zoe saldana sam worthington see what like how he holds up uh giovanna grabisi's <laughs> in it again he was poised for stardom after avatar and um, is cashing in his stardom check yeah and what, avatar what was, two, what was his other later. what was his post avatar was it clash the, of the titles that, john john something from mars or something like that no that no, no that's that taylor kitsch oh right okay same a- same guy Honestly, same guy. <laughs> yeah, he was in the the um, Clash and Wrath of the Titans was his big. Oh yeah, um, that's the same movie. Um, yep. Yep. But yeah, Jermaine Clements in it as a human. Uh, Sigourney Weaver's coming back, um, playing a different character apparently um, because she died in the film. And Stephen Lang, who also died in the first film, who played the villain, mm-hmm. is apparently coming back. Um, James Cameron in 2010 confirmed that he'd be coming back saying, I'm not going to say exactly how I bring him back, but it's a science fiction story. After all, his character will evolve in really unexpected places across the arc of our new three film saga. And um, he's going to act as the main antagonist in all four sequels again. And his role involves motion, motion capture. So I would like to stay, say something here, which is if you can trace back the um the the origins of Avatar, the the original film, right? You'll there's like this famous Hollywood blacklist novel, like book that you can find from like the somewhere in the 90s where avatar is listed and it's like giant purple aliens and it's fun to read of all the things that you know were changed and it mentions james cameron and i feel like it it also mentioned that it was planned to be a saga which means avatar 2 has been in production in some way for around about 30 years (laughs) (laughs) honestly i think this is like this is a a huge billions of dollar studio version of that guy at a party who keeps talking to you about this dream that he's had and you're like please I need I need someone to break this conversation up 
Someone needs to get me out of this conversation. And the guy is just convinced that everyone is going to want to know about this dream that he's had. And that is James Cameron writ large on like the biggest stage you could possibly muster in a, on across world cinema. Yeah. Um, I, I, I honestly, I know, I know it's a meme to be like, oh, I'm not excited for Avatar two, but I actually, I can't imagine. I, I, I am anticipating the film will be good. James, you, you should never beat against James Cameron, but I can't yeah. imagine what could be in the trailer that I could be like, holy fuck, he did it. He made me excited for Avatar two. <laughs> you know, yeah, a, a new a new way that the the aliens can orgasm. Yeah. Like we we know about the tales. Now and smell a vision. So also the same day as Avatar two, one of them's going to move. I'm sure we've got um, Aquaman of the Lost Kingdom, which is uh, stars Jason Momoa, Willem Dafoe, Patrick Wilson, Dolph Lundgren, Yaya Abdul Mateen the second, Timur Morrison, Nicole Kidman, all for the first one, and also the return of Amber Heard. Really, despite. Um, quite a quite a powerful um a one point five million dollar signature uh one point five million dollar million signatures strong um petition to have it fired one point five million that's insane yeah um so yeah Johnny Depp lost his um role the, the, like this is one of the first ones where I actually feel like I don't want to support this because that person's in it yeah I think that the um. I've, I I don't know if I've said this on pod before, but I'm starting to... I think we're about to enter into a second phase of the the concept of cancel culture and that Hollywood, I think, with a few specific examples, are trying to look for other ways to mend a film with a cancelled actor in it beyond recasting them and putting other people in it. Because I think that... Um, like you saw, like with the likes of um, Ansel Elgort and mm, West, Side um, West Side Story, with the likes Kevin of Kevin Spacey of, and Billionaire Boys Club, <laughs> or um, or or um, actual cannibal uh, Army, Army Hammer, Hammer and Death of the Nile. Um, and Death of the Nile, and he is—is is he being recast in the Taika Waititi movie? Uh yeah, it's well on it now. Okay, well maybe they got that one just in time, but I reckon. Yeah, well, we apparently Army going- Hammer, Army Hammer was like um more of a cameo on the film anyway right. now well i need to right. have a bigger role right i reckon we are going to see the machine and the, the iron fist of hollywood try and manipulate culture into some form of accepting seeing actors we dislike again and cinemas because before cancel culture this just happened right like mm. how you know fucking mel gibson was in tons of shit after being what would, what would, what would have been can- considered getting cancelled when you know various things came to light or like i don't know various 80s comment comedians like i feel like we're always caught in some kind of scandal and we just forget about it and let it go now like i think that hollywood from a capitalist perspective are desperate to move us back to that to move mm-hmm. us back to just accepting seeing actors we know are bad people and just not letting that detract from seeing the movie. Mm. I think that sucks. I think it's bad. Yeah. I I think it's phenomenal that you can have one relationship that is so toxic that both parties 
can be cancelled. <laughs> like there, there isn't there isn't like a clear victim and a clear aggressor. It's just when everything came out in that court case, everyone's just like, oh fuck, please, both of you go away forever. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, no, totally, I agree. So uh, next we have a film that I kind of almost chaotically wanted to put um, as one of my most anticipated, which is the untitled new Mario film. Uh, what do you guys with- reckon the untitled new Mario film will be called? <laughs> <laughs> um, so this stars um, Charles Martinet in a um, cameo role, who's the voice of um, Super Mario. Uh, but and obviously, like also- all of the most of the Mario characters. Yeah, you got uh, Sebastian Maniscalco as Foreman Spike, Kevin Michael Richardson as Kamek, Fred Armisen as Cranky Kong, Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong, Keegan-Michael Key as Toad, Jack Black as Bowser, Charlie Day as Luigi, Anya Taylor-Joy as Princess Peach, and everybody's favorite, Chris Pratt as Mario. And God, I'm I'm, I'm so in love with this cast. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, it just the, the Chris Pratt playing Mario is so funny. It's the funniest fucking casting that's ever happened. Um, <laughs> and um, Charlie Day as Luigi is just is such fun casting. I love that. So but much. They're, 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 they're both like Charlie Day as Luigi is excellent. Like for yeah. a good reason, Chris Pratt is like, "What on earth are you doing?" And I think, b- besides the fact that people have like their reservations and and you know justified potentially dislike of Chris Pratt these days, I think that um, what got me the the true the true um, Orwellian like dystopian <laughs> vibes of Chris Pratt playing Mario was that announcement video where you have like gawky chubby little plumber you know the depiction of someone like who's just not supposed to really be seen as like attractive in any way it's more just a a funny little cartoon character with like this glamorous headshot of chris pratt (laughs) it's insanity it's it's like why would you cast that and like i think um you know, we can have the conversation about how sad it is that voice actors miss out mm. on big roles like this when they are more equipped than, yeah. than other actors. And I think someone like Anya Taylor-Joy, that's a really good example of that because, quick, what does Anya Taylor-Joy's voice sound like? Mm. I can't remember. It sounds <laughs> like, like that, this. <laughs> <laughs> that's, not, that's not why I like her as an actress, right? And yet they've cast her. I like her because of her freaky she, eyes. Yeah, exactly. And I'm not even going <laughs> like, to see them. And it's like, I'm not even going to see how hot she is. <laughs> and I think that the... the um, and so that's an example where it's like, this is a shame. There's, there's a, we've got an interesting spectrum here. Where on one end, you've got Anya Taylor-Joy as Peach, where you're like, that's a shame that someone with a more distinctive voice wasn't cast in this role. Then in the middle, you've got Charlie Day, where you're like, yep, as Luigi, I could see him doing something chaotic and appropriate and and great for the film. And then on the other hand, you have Chris Pratt. It was like, <laughs> what is even happening? What is this going to sound like? Mm. <laughs> yeah, I like i wonder if he's gonna do because there's like it's like a click hole or an onion thing i think that's like chris pratt confirms he won't be italian in the mario movie mario isn't italian anymore he's normal (laughs) (laughs) yeah but apparently that's true he's not gonna do the accent which is like here's the thing about um 
I want to I want to show how I'm better than everyone who was complaining about the Chris Pratt Mario announcement, right? As like everyone's like, no, Charles Martinet deserves it. He's voiced the character for for thirty years, and um, it, like <laughs> he's the one that that deserves to have this role. He's the one who's, who's done in the hard yards. What is the longest sentence you've heard Martinet's Mario say? Yeah, I, re- yeah. I reckon it's here we go. I don't want to hear that it's me, Mario, go, for, for ninety minutes. So I understand there is a need. There, there, they are required to adapt the character somewhat to have a palatable voice mm. that you're going to be able to hear for Which a ninety minute. Charlie movie. Day. Mwah. <laughs> well, Grant, maybe he should have been Mario. Like, like there are. I think it's 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 as it's it's a paradox of being a chaotic and also uninspired to cast Chris mm, Pratt yeah. as Mario. I think. It's just watching the the internet implode. That uh, mm. was very fun. And then two weeks later, he was cast as Garfield. So Garfield. funny, even funnier. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, it's actually really interesting the parallels between like casting, you know, leading leading men and women names in like stuff where their you know their visage and the thing that really gets you into a movie is really not useful in uh, voice acting really similar to casting people who can't sing in musical movies for sure what a what a great parallel One day even more. even the whole idea of like you know the musical purists like me wanting them to cast actual musical theater and like the original like the originators of the role on Broadway to do it in the movie so you can get a movie version of that. Um, yeah, it's it's mm. just, it is very interesting. You've got a very uh, yeah, specific totally. set of skills that can kind of be done by someone else in a movie, but it is, it, it's just not exactly the same. Yeah, no, I totally get what you mean. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I have very little attachment to Mario, so I'm not, I'm not like especially bummed out. I just think, it, what it is is that Chris Pratt is such an un, uninspired casting choice that it is chaotic. I think that's that's what the paradox is. He's not a character actor, no. and like, like it's, so what, is Mario really going to have like a, the voice of the guy from Jurassic World? Like, what's, what's really interesting though is here? that that Chris Pratt started his acting career as a character actor. Like, mm, he totally. actually was like the funny guy, like the sort mm. of the 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 bit on the side for humor but he mm. transformed himself into like a leading man role yeah and to play mario uh, yeah. who'd be more appropriate for t- 2010 chris pratt then yeah like <laughs> when he was playing andy on um on parks and yeah, Rec, exactly. you could totally see that silly goofball being mario mario and i mean look at um look at uh emmett from the lego movie like mm. I'm not, i don't even right. think chris pratt's a a bad voice actor i think i just think like as, so is Mario either going to be Owen Grady from Jurassic World or he's going to be Emmett from um, the Lego movie? And neither of those, f- uh, to, according to my approximate knowledge of the very, very <laughs> basic characterization of Mario, I don't think either of them seem to fit. And I think mm. there are probably plenty of other actors you could have got to play Mario. That but none would have sense. been as funny as Chris Pratt. And Correct. That's, <laughs> that's what's important. So we're getting um, I Want to Dance with Somebody, which is uh, a musical biopic about Whitney Houston, directed by Casey Lemons, 
uh, stars. Oh, uh, so, damn, this one already got its title based on a song by yeah. Whitney Houston. <laughs> um, this one uh, stars Naomi Aki as uh, Whitney Houston, who is the she played the character that was invented for Rise of Skywalker, so that you know Finn is straight. <laughs> <laughs> she was Finn's straight bait, and also a biological essentialist. <laughs> <laughs> they had to make sure she was black as well and and then it's like well we can't introduce a black character without having her be related to the one other black character <laughs> so we already have <laughs> i remember when when it was rumored like is she playing lando's daughter i was like um that's racist <laughs> and then i was like of course she won't be lando's daughter that's fucking that's so clear it's such a clearly racist thing to say and then the movie sort of pussyfoots around confirming it so <laughs> Uh, so finally for the year again what I'm sure will be a big player at the Oscars uh, we've got Babylon this is the new film from Damien Chazelle uh, it's set in the right. golden age of Hollywood <laughs> surprise surprise <laughs> uh, but it stars uh, Brad Pitt Margot Robbie Olivia Wilde Flea from um, Red Hot Chili Peppers Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie in another Oscar running golden age of Hollywood yeah. movie uh, Samara Weaving Spike Jones and Tobey Maguire <laughs> uh, so it's part of the Spider-Verse confirmed <laughs> yeah of course <laughs> <laughs> and the tarantino verse yeah <laughs> so yeah it stars she's playing uh clara bow who was like so it's presumably the, the time period it's going to take place because clara bow was um the the original it girl that was actually her nickname she was in a film called it um and she became the it girl for that but she one of one ones that successfully from? went from uh silent films to talkies um, and sort of became the face of the Roaring Twenties. So it's going to be set around then. Okay, that's it. That's all the the set in stone releases for 2022. And now we have some that aren't set in stone. They're set in sponge. <laughs> Malleable. They're set, they're set in gummy, melted gummy bears. <laughs> uh, but yeah, are, are, you look, are you guys looking forward to, are you looking forward to Babylon? Uh, I'd never heard of it until now. It sounds all right yeah i think it'll be i'm I'm worried it'd be because you know after first man wasn't such a big hit i'm worried that he's just like well you guys fucking ate up la la land so (laughs) (laughs) let's do that again (laughs) um so undated uh the one that we're most excited for is of course knives out 2 this kind of netflix in the in late 2022 Mm. probably coming to netflix yeah 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 Yeah, this is a a huge thing cinema release as well i think uh yeah yeah. we'll get us yeah but um yeah the uh, netflix uh bought the rights essentially like made a deal for 469 million dollars to make two sequels to knives out and uh daniel craig ryan johnson and um the other producer ram bergman i think all i make are all making 100 million dollars from this deal good for them man like fuck yeah yeah so we got our our very first look at this um in the last two weeks i think when netflix or maybe slightly further ago than that when netflix released their um like look at all the movies that are coming out um which was actually i thought quite a cool trailer did you guys see that yeah so it would be like a clip from the upcoming movie and then the actor would break the fourth wall and say a netflix line like mm. a line that fit the ad. Yeah, so, so some it's, of it's, some of them were clearly done on a green screen and shot into the same, but then some of them it's like you clearly Netflix sent out a memo that was like, hey, you need Enola Holmes to say this on set. And so it's like the, the amount of fucking like 
forward thinking that had to go into making this and and mm. planning is actually i thought really impressive it, it, it comes across as a little cheesy but just from a logistical standpoint i was like eh, that's actually pretty cool it's funny that you of all the ones you picked enola holmes to mention when we haven't even included that on our oh uh, yeah because i don't give a shit about it oh my gosh that was so bad that was, <laughs> there was the, so the gray bad. man as well the the ryan gosling one was another big one yeah maybe we should talk about anyway knives out two um two things uh, to talk I'll, just, about. I'll just go over the cast so you've got yep, uh, daniel craig returning as benoit blanc uh, was that what, what you were gonna say yeah <laughs> um but uh, just because i've actually got the list um janelle yep. monet kate hudson ethan hawke dave batista katherine hahn madeline klein edward norton leslie Odom jr and jessica henwick leslie Odom jr such an exciting casting decision yeah for that's yeah. the most exciting one i reckon i think um that uh, I like what I'm excited about Knives Out 2, my favorite film of 2019. God, I couldn't shut up. I'm doing it for you, Richard. I, I couldn't shut up about it. It feels like, like it came it out the- 30 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I love that film and it is built for franchisability in a good way, I think. And I, I, I remember before a sequel was even announced, I was, I was one of the people saying like, only keep Benoit Blanc, like, like new cut new um ensemble casts for each one only keep daniel craig and it looks like that's what it is it's set in greece i believe um mm. so like a completely different uh setting to the first Mama film mia um, here i yeah. go again <laughs> i hope so um I well you've got leslie Adam jr in it <laughs> i'm just so excited for for knives out too and the second thing i want to talk about is uh which radiohead song will they name it yeah what like yeah, so so um, Ryan Johnson's confirmed it's not called Knives Out Two. Um, oh, has he? He, he keeps That's on good. talking about like he talks about it as like the next Benoit Blanc mystery kind mm. of thing, and so I think maybe it will have some kind of like a Knives Out story or a Benoit Blanc mystery. No, or it'll, like it'll be a Benoit Blanc mystery, no doubt yeah. in my mind. It'll be called something another Benoit Blanc. Yeah, it won't be officially part of the title, but it'll be heavily yeah. featured in the advertising, yeah. so you know this is a sequel to Knives Out. Um, yeah, but yeah. Um, uh yeah we've, we've we've joked about this before but yeah like he said that the original was called knives out not named after the radiohead song specifically so um well, it's, yeah. a, it's a cool it's a great title drop in the film so it, it and it, it also just means something outside of it being a radiohead mm. song so so i understand that but like i don't i don't know what what you could call this one i hope, uh, i hope it's something what's that is that high a radiohead dry- song yeah it's a high and dry and oh, it's also and it's also a um an expression right i i hope it's not called something that is playing off knives out like i hope it's like not guns called, drawn yeah i hope it's not that because i think then you're unnecessarily putting yourself in a box for future sequels i think they should just have cool all have cool like original mm. enigmatic titles like well, i'm so uh, like, jammed for this burn the witch is a cool burn one Burn the witch is cool yeah. fake, fake plastic trees paranoid android um <laughs> jigsaw falling into place it's a little long, <laughs> but, but I, yeah, who knows if it'll even be Radiohead related? I'm sure it. it yeah, won't. I mean, there's there's so many. Uh, uh, no surprises would be fun. That is a good. That's a good title for a mystery, um, mm. and I guess as well as that, I'm also excited to see like, you know, don't forget that Knives Out is is very much not really about Benoit Blanc as much mm. as it was about um some other characters for those don't want to spoil it for those who haven't seen it and it's also like intensely intensely um you know a dissection of the whodunit genre mm. and i wonder if this will just play it straight and be a straight up mystery or if there's a narrative pressure to do something different again yeah. 
I'm just I'm yeah, so the cast excited. Is so and, exciting yeah. as well. Yeah. Like Ryan Dave Batista in a film like this, Edward Norton yeah. just getting yeah. to have fun. Edward in a role. Norton, man. Fuck yeah. And Ethan Hawke, yeah. obviously. So good. I love so Is good. Ethan Hawke in, in Knives Out too? Yeah. Oh, I missed that completely. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, so that's very exciting. Uh, you mentioned as well, Next Goal wins. Uh, this is mm. not currently dated for this year. It's just this film has been sitting on a shelf for a few years now, but now they're doing reshoots to finish it. So I would assume this year or next, which I said two years ago, I said last year as well. Um, <laughs> but yeah, a new Taika Waititi film. Um, yeah, it's about it's the about- sum on uh, football team. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, it stars Army Hammer. Oh, wait, no, it stars Will Arnett. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's interesting because it stars like um, like David Farnay and stuff who are like, um, you know, like sort of Kiwi, <laughs> um, the the naked Samoans. Oh, and right. so it's just and like, like I mean, there the people like that are in, um, and like Oscar Kitely, um, is in it as well. And he was in, um, Hunt for the Water, uh, Hunt for the Water People. These are very like Kiwi references, but it's just funny that now, now that the the international spotlight is very much on Taika Waititi, to then mm. see um, Oscar Cartley and David Fane show up in these movies is quite funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, Michael Fassbender sort of stars in the as Thomas Ronjan, who's tasked with turning the American Samoa national team, considered one of the weakest football teams in the world, into an elite squad. Very um, Ted Lasso. Michael Fassbender. It's yeah. an interesting role for him. You know, mm. I imagine this will be somewhat comedic and cool. Mm. Uh, we've got Pinocchio, the um, Guillermo del Toro stop motion um, adaptation of it, starring Ewan McGregor as, um, as Jiminy Cricket. Jiminy Cricket. There's also another Pinocchio movie coming out this year, starring <laughs> Paulie Shaw as Pinocchio, which is <laughs> oh, oh, on TikTok. Have you seen this, Jeremy? <laughs> No. <laughs> so there's this trailer for this. It's called Pinocchio: A True Story, and it no. came out and and it was ba- it's animated. And the the caption with it was like, "How long can you watch this trailer till you like burst out laughing?" And it starts with Geppetto, who's voiced by Tom Kenny of SpongeBob, being like, "Are you a Pinocchio? I am my my son." And then um, <laughs> you suddenly hear. Uh, the unmistakable drone of Paulie Shaw go, but father, I don't want, when am I going to let me be on my own? I've got the whole world to see. It's so unintentionally funny. You should watch the trailer. It is hilarious. It is a rare, beautiful cataclysm of voice acting, like catastrophe, you know? Yeah. There's also um, uh, Disney Plus, we're getting a live action Pinocchio movie as well. Um, directed by Robert Zemeckis and stars Tom Hanks as Geppetto. Is that coming out this year? Yeah, apparently. Oh my Three gosh. Pinocchio movies coming <laughs> yeah. out this year. That's very interesting. Yeah, I'm sure the um, Disney one will look pretty creepy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like, stop, Disney. Stop yeah. doing no, live stop, action stop versions. Stop Robert Zemeckis, please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's yeah. the problem. Do not let Disney live action and Robert Zemeckis meet in the middle, please. I'm scared <laughs> for my life. <laughs> and that stars Joseph Gordon-Levitt as Jiminy Cricket. Uh, the Pinocchio, the Guillermo del Toro is one, which we got the first look at. Th- this is one of those things, like, I'm so excited to see um, Guillermo del Toro's style translate into stop motion, because I think mm, that'll totally. be really interesting. But, uh, yeah, the, the, that's Netflix, on Netflix, uh, December. So that's nice. not for a while as well. Presumably, again, to try and make it an Oscar contender. Mm-hmm. Also in the world of stop-motion animated Netflix films, we've also got Wendell and Wild coming out, which is um, Henry Selleck's new movie. Stars 
uh, this, oh, yeah. this, there is a little trailer for this out, um, which started about two scheming demon brothers, Wendell and Wild, played by uh, Key and Peele, who must oh. face their arch nemesis, the demon dusting nun sister Hallie and her two acolytes, the goth teens Cat and Raoul. It just looks cool. like, you know, Key and Peele always, they've got great chemistry. They'll be fun to watch together. And so, uh, yeah, that'll be fun. Um, Henry Sox, you know, got a good vision. Uh, Blonde, the Ana de Armas starring um marilyn monroe biopic oh another one genuinely the the first thought i had of this was how long it's been in production for and i was about to say it with complete sincerity before remembering that's what i'm being made fun of this episode (laughs) (laughs) i'm I'm interested in hearing anna diamas do it like an american accent is that Mm. interesting to anyone else like yeah no definitely because like marilyn monroe like famously very an american icon kind of, yeah 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 we'll be interesting it's um directed by andrew dominic dominique i guess who's um huh, I, I didn't realize this actually he's a kiwi um well he's, he's australian but he's born in wellington hmm. so he directed uh chopper the assassination of Jesse james by the coward robert ford and killing them softly yeah oh, wow. he's he's sort of said like yeah it's a it's a hard nc-17 like you don't like it don't watch it kind of shit it's sort of rumored that it's like it's nc-17 because of some quite graphic like rape scenes and things like that um oh, which boy. is like eh, maybe you know like i i i'm not confident it's not going to be male gazy is that yeah, yeah, is that yeah. really what i want to go to the movies for i think it's netflix so don't worry um you can watch it from the safety of your home with your daughter maybe <laughs> <laughs> oh man also on netflix we've got uh havoc which is uh, a new film from gareth evans who made the raid films stars tom mm. hardy just that'll be fun you know cool. now jeremy one you've uh we didn't allow you to do this but you've just done it yourself <laughs> you we, we marked in green our most anticipated films you've marked this one red this is this is a judd apatow film about trying to make a film during the COVID 19 pandemic um the cast is quite interesting it's got uh karen gillan iris apatow obviously it was treated by judd apatow uh fred armazon david duchovny keegan michael key leslie mann peter pascal peter uh serafinowicz and uh, you'll be excited to learn AJ also stars Maria Bakalova from Borat 2. Oh, she's doing stuff. I was mm. waiting for her, you know, post-Borat mm. thing. Cool. Yeah, she's also going to be in a film called Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. I'll check that out. I hope she's <laughs> she, one of the bodies. She's one of the three bodies. <laughs> it also stars Pete Davidson and Lee Pace. Oh, oh Pete Davidson and Lee Pace. <laughs> what a combo. I'm straight, but I'd love to see those bodies, bodies, bodies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that comes out next month, so um, you can... Sick. Well, it's going to be South by that. I'm just so... I'll masturbate to it then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, so deeply uninterested in watching a movie about making a movie in the time of COVID-19. Like, well, you said, you said this last last um, episode we did on this about, like, because there's that one that's coming out earlier that's yes, technically set during lockdown. The coming. Yes, 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 but it was not... It was not about the process yeah. of yeah, exactly. filmmaking. Like, I'm like, that's fine. Use lockdown as, like, a, as a mm. creative starting point, but don't use it as, like, a, oh, and here's what it was like for us as actors 
and as filmmakers, it was really hard. Well, presumably was... Maria Bakalova will be actually be able to offer something quite authentic to the table. Exactly. <laughs> that's what, you know, the only big what thing she did, she's done yeah. was, was Borat too. Um, I don't know, Jeremy. I, I understand why everyone's like, oh my God, please don't make art set in the pandemic. I'll, I will listen to one. <laughs> I'll, I'll give it a go. I think yeah. this, could, this could be interesting. I don't know. I've got no reason to necessarily think this is going to be terrible mm. you know um also uh undated uh coming to apple tv plus i just found out uh is kills, I won't of, be watching it. kills of the flower yeah. moon <laughs> uh directed written uh directed and produced by martin scorsese um and this uh stars Le- leonardo dicaprio and robert de niro so first time bringing his two muses together uh jesse wow. plemons and this is what well. jesse plemons uh stopped yeah. doing nope for uh, and you've also got uh brendan fraser and john lithgow as well in this film wow cool. oh is this the one yeah yeah so this is the one that um that in that really touching interview brendan fraser did where he started crying when they talked about how much the internet loves him. This is the movie he was talking about, because he's mm. like, I'm doing a movie with Martin Scorsese and, and Bob De Niro, and it's super charming and cute and sweet, and I love Brendan Fraser. What's what's it about? Do we know anything about it? Uh, yes, we do. It's uh, it's an adaptation of a book, um, I think. Oh, yeah, a true story. Um, members of the Osage tribe in northeastern Oklahoma are murdered by under mysterious circumstances of the 1920s, sparking a major FBI investigation involving J. Edgar Hoover. Presumably Leonardo DiCaprio not reprising that role. Um, <laughs> but I think this is the film where Leo was cast as uh, in the Jesse Plemons role and then said, no, actually, I want to play the villain. Yo, that that sounds great. That sounds like such an interesting... It's giving me um, Wind River vibes, mm. you know? Mm. Oh, that sounds so cool. Yeah, so... Um, but also in the Brendan Fraser sphere, I mentioned this film last year. Apparently it's going to come out this year. Um Darren Aronofsky's The Whale, about a 600-pound middle-aged man named Charlie who tries to reconnect with his 17-year-old daughter. The two grew apart after Charlie abandoned his family for his gay lover who later died. Charlie then went on to binge eat out of pain and guilt. Uh, Char- uh, Brenna, wow. Brenna Fraser is playing the 600-pound man, Charlie, uh, and Sadie Sink is playing his daughter. Hell yeah, that sounds cool. That sounds there's so a lot interesting. Go- there's a lot going on in that life. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, apparently... Um, Brenna Fraser said, uh, "It's the film's already in the in June last year." He said the film's already finished and his role included a lot of makeup and prosthetics. Uh, yeah, I'm interested in this. It's an A24 <laughs> film. Darren Aronofsky, you know, can can be hit and miss kind of thing, but mm. hopefully uh, this is a hit. Mm. All right, so we've also got one that I marked as one of my most anticipated. There's a film called The Killer. This is, I believe, coming to Netflix, and it's uh, David Fincher's new film. Stars Michael Fassbender oh. uh, as oh. it's based on a graphic novel. It's about an assassin who begins to psychologically crack as he develops a conscience, even as his clients continue to demand his skills. Oh, uh, it also stars Tilda cool. Swinton. Right up, <laughs> yeah, um, right up um, <laughs> David crap, Fincher's man. alley. And Michael Fassbender should be great in it. And after the disappointment that was Mank, I'm excited to see him return to what sounds more like a seven kind of Finchery, you know, Finchery Delios. Yeah. So, um, yeah, cool. very excited for that. Cool. We've got uh, a film I wrote down, uh, which is called Woman Talking, which um, I- I'm not going to watch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just like, this Sorry, is this is very terrible. obviously going to be a um, an Oscar contender due to all the talent involved. Directed by um, Sarah Polly, who's an actress turned director. 
has made a few films. Take This Waltz was one of them. But uh, yeah, stars Francis McDormand, Ben Whishaw, Rooney Mara, Claire Foy, Jesse Buckley. Um, and I, Francis McDormand is also producing it. And so is Brad Pitt. So it's like, it's it's very Oscar-y. So just keep in mind women talking. That'll be mm. uh, in the Oscar. That sounds like an amazing year. cast. Yeah. Jeremy, are you familiar with Jesse Buckley? No. Because you mentioned earlier, like, excited hearing names like Florence Pugh as, yeah. like, upcoming. Like, Jesse Buckley, she was in the most recent season of Fargo. She was in I'm Thinking of Ending Things. She was in Chernobyl. She's um, in The she- Lost Daughter, which is the, the current Oscar contender. All oh, right, yeah, yeah. She's actually nominated for an Oscar this year. For it. Oh, nice. Um, she's also in a movie coming out this year called Men, which looks like this fucked up, like, A24 horror yeah. movie um jesse buckley is yeah one to, one to watch if you're into also you know, going going by you saying you're looking for the new the new wave of movie stars yeah, she's yeah. so good and everything i've seen her in that's cool so, oh, i hadn't heard about men but that's alex garland's director like, i didn't realize yeah alex garland yeah yeah, yeah. so annihilation and ex machina. Um, da- ex machina the guy who directed that is doing men and the trailer for it is like terrifying you guys definitely watch the trailer for it looks great yeah no that that slipped by me um so also yeah we've got prey the new predator film Mm. which aj you have marked down yeah i think this might be my most anticipated film of the year if just for the how much it interests me um so this is the new predator film it's called prey uh and it is set in frontier times and is about native americans escaping from the predator and this it's concept directed by dan trachtenberg his yep. first film since 10 cloverfield lane yep um and this concept has been the like kind of building blocks of of almost every um film franchise fortnights continue the franchise for every horror that we've done is like why not set it in a different time period why not do it as a period piece i think predator is the perfect one of these horror franchises to do that with um i think prey is a very clever title for that as well Mm. um and yeah i think that this looks really cool um there's no trailer or anything yet but yeah i i want to see a familiar horror icon in another time period yeah and i think this looks really good originally it was called skulls at one point but um mm. yeah keep an eye out for that on disney plus later this year <laughs> and that's not a joke um it's a it's a hulu original film in the states disney plus everywhere else mm. yeah so also you mentioned i've just added it to the list the gray man which is um yeah ryan gosling um so it's directed by anthony and joe russo um you know who and written by yeah. christopher marcus and stephen mcfeely you know who are behind both well, captain america infinity war mm-hmm. etc yeah hey, jeremy are you still there yeah oh, okay you you were stuck in a position which implied your screen had frozen <laughs> oh no no i was just <laughs> i just heard um uh, a movie with the word grey in the title and Anthony and Joe Russo. And I was like, yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> um, so it's, uh, yeah, so it's Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans and Ana de Armas. Uh, also, you've got Billy Bob Thornton's in there. Um, Michael Gandolfini, uh, Reggie Jean Page, who I think will be the next James Bond. It's about uh, Court Gentry, Ryan Gosling's character, the CIA's most skilled mercenary whose true identity is known to none, accidentally uncovers dark agency secrets. Lloyd Hansen, Chris Evans' character, a psychopathic former colleague, puts his bounty on his head, setting off a global manhunt by international assassins. With a production budget of $200 million, it's the most expensive film ever made by Netflix. Well, I mean, you know, you would put that much stake into the directors of you know the highest grossest movie of all time yeah so i guess that makes sense yeah Yeah. so that's it oh 
All right. Well, what are we crowning? What are we saying? I feel like so last on the last the dumbest episode, looking we said, movie that coming out this year well, is Pinocchio: The True Story. <laughs> yeah, okay, no, fine. That sounds good. I um like because last time we said it was probably going to be Texas Chainsaw Massacre, or well, at least that's what I said. Um, and I don't know. I don't think I'll see Pinocchio: A True Story, so Absolutely I'm less inclined to, to crown it. Um, but yeah, what are what are you what do we reckon are our most like? If you had to say one film was your most anticipated, um, what would you say it is? My, are we doing most anticipated? Yeah. Um, I'm maybe gonna say. Knives Out 2. Hmm. Jeremy? I mean, that's the actual answer, but it would be boring if we all said the same thing. So <laughs> I'm going to say the... Um, the uh, uh, uh. Oh, there's heaps of them, actually. Like, I'm actually really mm. excited about a bunch that we've talked about. I can't remember any of them now. Um, but the God, David, there's just too many to choose. The, oh, I um, can't. The Is it The Killer, the David Fincher one with um, oh, Michael yeah. Fassbender? Yeah. That, yeah. That, that gets me excited. Yeah. Yeah. So. I I am um I I the like I think Knives Out 2 will be probably be my favorite movie of the year, but Prey is the one that that I'm like hell yeah, like this is if I was given the reins to Predator, this is what I would want to do with it, you know. So Yeah. And that is it. Let us know unless you guys have anything else to say, I'll address the audience now. If you can leave me alone while I address the audience. <laughs> Uh, that is our most dumbest looking slash anticipated slash what's coming out in 2022 podcast duology from this year hope you guys all enjoyed it and please on the discord if you go into the discord you'll be able to find a um, whole thread channel thing for where we're talking about this um, tell us what your most anticipated film of the year. I'm sure we missed a bunch tell us what those are tell us why why they're your most anticipated tell us why um, you know we're being too cynical about um, uh, Mario Black Panther the Wakanda Forever yeah tell us tell us why we're wrong tell us why we're right tell us what you're excited about and you can do that there is a link to the discord in the show notes um if you're not in there already and you can also support us by liking us on instagram and and following us on instagram and twitter um and you can subscribe to our various youtube channels cold pops are on all the places um and you can also support us on patreon if you so choose patreon.com slash cult popture where if you donate five dollars a month you actually get to give us something to talk about in the post credit scene which will start playing as soon as this music ends so stay tuned for that everybody um and yeah i'm i'm genuinely genuinely very excited for a lot of the like lesser known films that are coming Mm -hmm. like the ones i didn't know about till you told us about them richard um and i think i think that the um yeah i think it's it's looking good and i i can't wait to hear i can't wait to find out what my most disappointed one ends up being <laughs> yeah and um, um from me jeremy uh, I'll, I'll see you guys in netflix miss uh in november <laughs> <laughs>
Mm. Uh, <laughs> uh, right, well, today's question comes to us from Joe Rundle, who says, is there a film series that you want to tell part of either writing, directing, or just consulting? Yeah, Predator. Want <laughs> to set it in the frontier times? They already um, did that. Oh, uh, no. I mean, genuinely, like, I would love to do that with, you know, several other horror mm. IPs. I think I think that would be fun. Um, I, I want to be a consultant on every franchise I'm invested in just so that I can sign off on the title because um, mm. I'm very nervous <laughs> that Knives Out 2 is not going to be given a cool title. Yeah. And so, like, if you were to join the Fast and Furious, what would you call the 10th one? Because I feel um, like you have to come up with something that, that doesn't fit a pattern of any others. Yeah, I, that's I, I know exactly what I'd do. Fast 10, your seatbelts. Fast X Furious. Oh, yeah, nice. That's great. That is a two-parter, though. So would you do Fast X Furious Part 1 and Part 2? That is great. Fast X Furious is great. You could do um, Final Furious. Someone came up with, like, what was it? It was, like, Final Fast Finals, Final Fast or something like that. Yeah. Part 1 and 2. They just don't eat eat for the whole movie. I think it's very funny the fact that they're splitting it into two parts. That if you did Fast X Furious, and so I get it because the tenth one, and then do Fast X Furious Part Two. I think that's or Fast <laughs> X I Furious. Oh. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I've yeah, I I'd, I'd love to make an MCU movie. I'm not ashamed to admit that. Which one would you do? I don't know. I like how you went right for the big job. <laughs> We're like, I'll be a consultant for titles. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, that go for the big bucks. Mm-hmm. Avatar. So I, I want to direct Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> Just so you can delay it further. 